Welcome to the first episode of Tailblazers. I'm Aaron, and always with me is Jeff. I hope you enjoy the show today as we dive way too deep into a label on a beer can. Next, we get the answers to some burning questions. And finally, we finish with Jeff talking about his favorite campfire meat. So let's jump on the trail. I went to Greens again and found me uh, some a very unique four pack that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, it comes with, I think, you know, a younger brother and an older brother combo of hazy East Coast Indian pale ales, which I thought was kind of interesting. So anyways, I'm going to let Aaron take a look at this. In my possession now, two beers side by side and what remains of a four pack. It's a sidetracked by Demons and it's a hazy West Coast double Indian pale. Next to it is a is in the pursuit of honor as a hazy east coast indian pl so we got an east and a west coast uh, indian pl that's pretty interesting just kind of giving a description of it it's like a a yeti monster like monkey thing with horns coming out of its cheek uh, and that's going to be on the the west coast sidetracked by demons and then on the east coast here on my right appears to be a dog and yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure very. He, I, I guess it's a human being riding a horse, with some kind of laser coming out of a stick. Interesting enough, those two beers together actually go in the same picture. So that laser is is bouncing into the this necklace on the west coast. So the actual marking on here is pretty good. As you turn the beer, they actually rotate together, and there's some uh, some pieces there to that match. So really cool stuff. Did you see? Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you really? Yeah, that's why I bought the beer. So okay, cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So I guess uh, what do we start off with first? I think it's gonna have to go with the seven um, percent in the pursuit of honor. All right, so let me uh, let's dive into the pursuit of honor. Just a tad, I ripped it off. Let's see. Uh, we got like you said, a seven percent, one pint. Thank goodness we're going with the East Coast, and we're in Asheville, North Carolina. I don't know. You ready? Yeah. Well, it's different. It sure is. <laughs> it sure is. I'm not sure what I, what that taste is. It's got a very unique bite at the end. That's kind of just sitting there on your tongue for a little bit. At yeah. least it is for mine. Yeah. It, and it's very interesting. It's not a bad taste, but it's just an interesting taste. It definitely leaves an aftertaste. I mean, when you first, like, I took a kind of a big gulp, and when, you, and when you're first taking it in, it's just, it's hazy. I mean, it's just kind of an orangey kind of flavor. I mean, you definitely get that. You ever, like, zested an orange and, like, got a little bit on your finger and, like, cut, ate some of the actual zest? And, like, the actual like, orange peel? Yeah. It's almost like that. Kind of. I wouldn't say as bitter. It's interesting. As I continue to read this can... It says the hops are Centennial, Cascade, Idaho 7, BRU-1, and Mosaic. And then there's malt blends, or malt. It's uh, Riverbend Pilsner, White Wheat, Flaked Wheat, and <coughs> Torrified Wheat. Um, that's a lot of different malts, I would say. I wonder if that's what, you know, is why it's given it. I'm sure, because I've never really, I don't think I've had a... I can tell you right now, I, I've never had any of those malts in a beer that I can remember or was labeled on one. 
So. Maybe the white wheat from prop, I think, but not in the other ones. No. The I've definitely had the hops though. But the malts, no, I can't recall. This is I guess you would call the brewery it's um dissolver. Yeah. I, I guess it's spelled D S S I guess that's yeah, oh I think, right, sorry, I was looking at the label, uh, the logo label. It's got a, for the O, uh, um, upside down pyramid with an eye, and I guess tentacles coming out at the bottom. Oof. So anyways, it's it's called the Dissolver is what we're going with, and it's um, spelled D-S-S-O-L-V-R. And like Aaron said, it's brewed in Asheville, North Carolina. Um... It says dissolver, brewed until surreal. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's Interesting. surreal. I, I, it is. I would say right now for me, this is not one that I would invest in again. Probably. I think I can drink it. I'm it's sure definitely it's a cloudy beer. I did. I can tell you though, when I was in the store at Greens, I was looking for unique designs, and I saw this one and. The main reason why I thought I was like, ooh, that's kind of like, you know, uh, medieval times, you know, kind of like Dungeon Dragons kind of stuff and whatnot. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And then, it, and then I saw the four pack and it actually had the two with it together. And I thought the designs was really neat. They really thought about it. What happens if these people are actually from the West Coast and they're trying to taint the East Coast? And I thought maybe they were being biased, but I mean, um, that doesn't based off where they're kind of brewed. Well, I mean, Nashville is kind of like California. Yeah. It's the California of the East. <laughs> well, I wonder if Asheville still has the uh, title for biggest beer city in the U.S. I don't know, but... Because they can... did take it away from the one in Oregon. You know, our buddy, the grumpy hiker, he hates Asheville. Oh, yeah, yeah, he sure does. And you know why? It's because of this kind of beer right here. Yeah. East, East Coast beer. <laughs> hey, hey, West Coast, East Coast, any kind of IPA, I'm done. No, he, he, if, he can't, Hazy. if he can't get a Bud Light, he is over. Mm. And he is grumpy, grumpy hiker. Grumpy. Grumpy hiker. Yeah, that's, be, that's good. I'm interested to try the West Coast. So, compared to West Coast, they actually have the exact same malts. And they do have, the hops are different, though. They have Magnum, Columbus, NZ, Cascade. Now that's different. The other first two are the same, Sentinel and Cascade. So mm -hmm. that is interesting. And it's a one percent higher in alcohol, eight percent. Oh, okay, yeah. So they just go out west. It's everything's bigger and better, I guess. Right. I'm interested to try. Might that not one. be better. It may not be better, but we are going to but find out. I like out the can. I like that label. That's a unique demon. Um, it is. I think, you know, it's again. It's on the like, West Coast yeah. one. I'm really got to get like cat ears on it, and the horns are crazy. The horns kind of remind me of the label, <laughs> their logo that they have with the like, tentacles. So I guess that's horns coming out from the behind the pyramid, because that's what it looks like on the demon. Yeah, face, yeah, yeah. Which is unique. Which and then it's got its eye. On its necklace. Yeah. That's in, there's an eye. Sorry, I didn't say, but there is an eye in the middle of that pyramid as well. And the eye is on that demon's necklace. 
So they, you know, they ran with the logo. I like that. I like, they, to, like to make, you know, like the design. I like to know the artist who did this. Yeah. Like, what was he thinking when he said, "Oh, let me." They should put his let art. Me, that's, they should put the name of the artist on here. I don't see it unless somebody that works there. Nah, man. They just they bought that stuff. They bought the artist to do that, or who knows? It's probably somebody that works here, but still, nonetheless. <clears throat> what was this guy thinking when he when he drank this beer and he said, "Let me draw what I think this is." What is the marketing scheme for this? Big... I don't know if you gotta drink the beer to understand. I think he just maybe went off. It's sidetracked by demons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just went off the name. I think. Right. I mean, there's something influential about the beer that makes the artwork, though. Yeah. You know, so and it I'm could like, be the name. Yeah. Because but... I think it's the name. Because I mean, in the pursuit of honor, you got the guy on horseback with his staff that's shooting. A, I guess you know, a, probably a mystical beam at the demon. And his dog is following behind him. I mean, if that's not honor right there, that you're your fellow companion as a pup is coming with you to danger that is that is well said and, and jeff's story is very lightning and and you know talks about man's best friend but i i just want to take a little bit more in depth of that picture of that dog it, it it does not look like the most sweetest dog it actually looks a little bit uh almost very skinny mountain mountain nourished and kind of just it, it could almost be chasing to eat the horse. Like, it, it, it may be. not. I mean, if you just showed that dog and you take the horse out, it looks like it's about to attack. It looks on the hunt. And in granted, it could be hunting what's on the next can, which is the monster. It could also be hunting That's the horse. It could also mean. be hunting the horse right in front of it. Right. And they may not even be friends. I have questions about the... Um, I would, I would run animal. with your story just for a little bit. Because I think, I mean, if you look at the land that they're running on, it's very... Um, I guess apocalyptic yeah. in a way. I mean, you got like meteors or something falling in the background. That's true. There's no trees. There are trees in the but, front, but, but there's they're no all leaves. leaves. Yeah. So I'm sure food is scarce mm -hmm. around. But you know, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, maybe the dog is going after the horse, but you know, I mean, that could be his best friend that's on the horse. And the best friend might feed him scraps and stuff that he finds, you know? I mean, going two, back, going you know, back, two people working together is always better than one. Absolutely, and following through what she said, if you actually look at the guy, he doesn't look built. So, no. you know, when you think for honor, you're thinking like, to me, if you're saying, hey, this guy's yeah. coming on horseback for honor. Paladin. Yeah, he's like muscular, got some chainmail, right. like maybe some armor. This guy exactly. looks like he's doesn't even have a shirt on it's hard to tell because it's black and kind of black without shadow yeah um, but he doesn't look like he has any kind of armor on it the dog kind of is almost in the same mm -hmm. artistic blend as far as the way the corners and the way the body is and the depth of that that yeah, character for sure. so they definitely look companion like but I, I interesting enough though if you do take that apart that dog actually looks aggressive <laughs> yeah it does i mean if you take two let's go one more step into the dog and the guy and the horse, mm -hmm. they their eyes are glowing, what, white, I would say? But they're glowing. Like, they purposely made their eyes look the same. Are they possessed, too? Is, is so, are they, so even though this is a pursuit of honor, like, is this Yeti monster monkey, is he, is he, like, brainwashed them in and it's actually sucking them in? You know, maybe, maybe when you put these cans together, he's not attacking. He's actually getting lured in by the necklace. Yeah, I don't and know where they meet too. Like where the two cans meet is it's the dissolver logo, is what it is. 
and and that's where it completes the um, the light that's coming out of the man's staff is going into the demon's necklace where the eye is. So is it you know? You know what I just realized? <clears throat> he is on a mountaintop. And this dude's coming out of a the the bad dude the uh well the what I the de- what I assume the bad guy the demon is coming out of like coming a crevice off. out of earth like he's coming out of hell. Yeah, well, he's a demon. well, yeah, no, I mean, but I just realized that's kind of the what they've done there. And mm-hmm. uh, there are some birds in the back of the Definitely left. Definitely bigger. Yeah, that's on the left of the uh, demon can. You can only assume those have to be buzzards. They're or definitely. Crows. Yeah, because they do are pretty ominous. But you know what? You turn that whole can around, right? And you look at the one that we're drinking, which is, is the East Coast. You know, everything's just kind of red at the top. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you get to this Yeti monster. I mean, you got some clouds broken in. Like, it's just a good day for the Yeti. I mean, he he probably had a sunny day before he came out. Yeah. You know, this guy over here, I mean, this is just not good. You know? Now, granted, we don't... He's coming even... to ruin his day. Yeah. So the demon is the West, though. Maybe the sun's setting behind him. You know what? Jeff, you're on to something. <laughs> because yes. it is it is light. It's that's the sun behind him. Yeah. Cuz it's east. Yeah. West. He is and the demon is the west can. Oh, man, this oh, is deep man. can. This beer mm. might be a little bitter for me, but it or but we are this label is This label deep. is probably the most intense label I've ever seen in my life. I told you that's why I bought it cuz I was like, man, it's very interesting. It is extremely interesting. Wow. Yeah, you can see, like if you put the can, like the East Coast can, into the light, you can see shades of green in there, like where the uh, meteor yeah. or whatever wow. is, is shining or um, hitting the Earth or something. It's um, it's right there at the dog. Yeah, it's right there at the dog. Wow. And it's like it's pretty cool. Okay. It's, uh, very so, interesting. Jeff pointed out. So we're kind of in a um, a darker. Well, I mean, we got all the lights on, but. Um, there, it just so happens on the left side of us, there's sun shining in, and it's actually right on the table. And in a lot of this uh, can, there's actually green, um, kind of like during the, this kind of pit that's created from this monster coming out of. Like, there's this uh, methaneish gas-looking green kind of thing. That, well, I think it's coming from the whatever meteor that's hitting the ground. Well, it could be, but, I mean, you can see it right here, though. Yeah. Like, it's... And then... I don't know. There's some any. There's some green in the logo now. Mm-hmm. So if you put it right in the sun, you can kind of see it. And actually, you can see some on that one. There's actually on more the green can. almost on the back side of the demon can. It, mm-hmm. So where he's coming from the west, there's a lot more green behind him. Interesting enough as well. So he is the west again. I see. I'm going back to this theme that they have made the west as more powerful, and they've made it. Uh, this this may be the better beer of the two. I, I, I'm going in, and my money right now is on the west. Oh yeah, I don't. I think we're gonna miss uh, we gotta, the bitterness. We still got a ways to go on this beer. Well, we're gonna so. let's take a break here. Let's finish up this beer, and let's come back and then let's hash this out because East first West here. Uh, what is it? Dissolver is trying to is trying to hash this out. This is a this is a war to be figured out. Through the winter. Sounds great. All right, Jeff. Uh, now that we've had our uh, our beer for the day um i got a few questions i would like to ask you and uh dive into them as much as you want some of them are going to be pretty quick and easy to answer and some of them might have a little more thought so uh interesting to see obviously this is an outdoor podcast we do outdoor stuff we like camping we're hiking you know we're fishing we're hunting and so i'm going to start off with something really simple for you 
but it's a loaded question at the same time. Uh, number one Ooh, is, yeah, loaded. yeah. Number one is, why do you like to hike? Why do you hike? Why do I hike? And that's a loaded question. Yeah, I, don't know, I, I figured out. I figured you would have went for the gut on that one. But no, man, why do I like to hike? I like to hike. I don't. I just love being outside. I love walking on dirt, put my boots on, and just going through the woods. You know, it just. It, I think it brings back when I was uh, younger and like probably elementary school and whatnot. I would always be in the woods, just moving around, uh, walking around, just exploring. You know, my parents' uh, property, which isn't even that big. I mean, it was like I think their first property was maybe four acres, and then they moved up to seven. And I was just always going wherever I wanted to go and exploring, and I guess making like uh, making my own adventures in my head and. Um, you know, I guess making my own fantasy world in the way, I mean, if you want to say that, I just love like the creatures that were out there, you know, watching the squirrels moving tree to tree and, you know, all the birds are just, um, you know, flying around and I don't know, I mean, I just, it just felt like home to me, I, you know, and I guess that's why I, I hike now is I love like hiking now you know, being older, you get to, uh, you know, go, you know, obviously more places because you can drive. But um, I like going from point A to point B in a way like, you know, you're hiking up this mountain to just see this view. And you're only going to be at this view for maybe like a couple hours. But once you get like, I mean, you go like most of the views, you know, you go uphill, you know, you climb a mountain to get there for miles. And you, you get there and it's like, you know, you're kind of, you know, you might be exhausted or you might be feeling pretty good. You know, it just depends on your uh, athletic ability at that time. But getting to that point and sitting there and looking over the lower overlook or looking at that waterfall that you got to, that you had to hike, you know, six, whatever miles to get there. It's just, I don't know, for me, it's surreal. It's like, Nobody can get to this location unless you actually walk or hike. I mean, you, you know, walking is hiking, but it, nobody can get there except unless you do it by foot. That to me is unique in a way. I'm glad we can still be able to do that. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad it's not just us driving somewhere and stopping and then, hey, there's a waterfall. That's not, I mean, it's fun, but I'd rather walk to get there than to drive and the, to me that's hiking you can get to places that you can you can't get to in a car and that's what i enjoy and then it's just nature too and it's places that people don't even see and you know i mean you know a lot of people don't even adventure you know they're just stay in the city you know that's fine if they want to do that hey more power to them but to me Going out there to a place that you can only get to by walking is is awesome, and I love it. Yeah, you know, and just to, to, I think it hit on something that I think touches a lot of people who do, uh, you know, hiking and camping. 
it's actually, it, there's something magical about going to a place that very few people really see. I mean, you know, you can go to Times Square and thousands and millions and millions of millions of people have walked through those same streets in New York City and yeah. you're in your, in your, your, you know, your capital of your state. But there's just very few that go down, you know, the Appalachian Trail or go hiking in Montana to this very remote mountain in Yellowstone. I mean, it's just, you become, realize how, you know, how small you can be in this world. Um, and oftentimes the hustle and bustle of the city makes you feel yeah. like, you know, everybody's enjoying the same air as you are. But when you get to do what you said and you get out there by yourself and you look at that waterfall or if you ever looked at that mountain, it's just you and very few other people that have done it. And now it's still maybe hundreds, but sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes there's places that, you know, just one or two people have ever seen. So that's, that is a really cool thing. I think that's very relatable to most people that, that do this. And at I, least it is for I've me. I've never, I've never seen Times Square in New York City. So, <laughs> well, you're one of the few I've actually been there and, and it is, it's in this, it's nice in its own, it's, it's own way. Um, like you said, that's a, I, place, that's a place I don't really care to go to, but I think I would miss out if I don't go to, you know? I, well, I tell or, you, um, I, I, it's one thing I always want, I, I'd go back. So I'll, I'll join in with you. Yeah. I'd like to go. Well, maybe again. you can take, you'd be my tour guide. Then. There you go. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, well, good. That's a good, uh, first start, uh, to the, uh, question and answer. So number two is, so we talked about, you know, why you like to hike and um, kind of what caused you to kind of continue it now as an adult from a kid. Now the question is, do you like to hike by yourself or do you like someone else there with you? So are you more of a solo person? Is it more of a, or is it more of a social, you know, is it, do you like somebody there with you? Do you like a group with you? How many is too many people? What's your thoughts on that? No, I, well, I've done multiple hikes by myself and I've done multiple hikes with people. I think it's 50, 50. I think it's whatever mood I'm in at the time, mainly because, you know, where I live now, I can just go out of my house and go on a walking trail and, and see the river and just sit out there and just be me and kind of explore and do what I want to do. And I don't just get in with nature and just kind of, you know, live it. Um, I don't know, there's other words you can probably use, but, you know, not as far as my brother. So uh, my vocabulary isn't all there. But the, that's what I like about hiking by myself is that I can just just go out there and be me. Like, I can think and not have anybody else bothering me. I just get the, you know, nature there, the birds chirping and squirrels moving around. I mean, last time I went hiking by myself, I just saw an owl just fly down, you know, the creek bed and he's just doing what he was doing or she's doing. And it was just beautiful. And I was just, I just stopped and watched, you know, and that's what I loved about it. You can't really do that with your own, with people too. It's like, you know, if you see something, you want to just stay there and observe. You can't do that because most of the time you want to stay with the group. So you're going to do what the group wants to do. Even sometimes they want to stay with you. I mean, I'm, I've done long hikes by myself and then I've done long hikes with people. The longer the hike, it's usually better to have with people because then you don't get in that mindset of, of just, you know, walking for nothing. You know, you get people with you that you can talk to that you, um, you know, you can have conversations with and deep conversations or short conversations, whatever. I think it's 50, 50 for me, man. Like I get a lot, I get, when I hike by myself, I, I, I like to get lost in my own mind. And I think that brings me back to re like 
it brings me down to appreciate everything that I have. If I'm walking with people, it's to socialize and I like to socialize and I like to be with people. So I, that's a, that's a bonus too. But, um, I don't know. I think sometimes I would probably instead of going that 50, 50 route, I think it's probably about, you know, 60, 40 hiking by myself just so I can get lost out there and be with my own thoughts and just to help me build in the way to be who I want to be. Yeah. That makes uh, a lot of sense there. Yeah. It is something nice about like, you kind of picked on that point. Something about being by yourself gets you a chance to kind of actually process through everything that's happening and kind of calms you down a bit and uh, makes you appreciate really what you have. It's interesting how being removed from just life and stress and whatever is going through your, you know, your life at the time being removed from that helps you kind of overcome it or conquer any challenge you have. It is an interesting twist. So next question here, just uh, going into an outdoors kind of question. This is a really simple one, but if you want to explain why you prefer one or the other, let me know. But uh, would you rather be fishing or would you rather go hunting? Well, probably say fishing. Uh, I think I've always, I've grown up more of a fisherman. Fish to me, it's just, I guess it goes along with hiking, just being out there in nature. You just seeing stuff, but that's along with hunting too, because you're just waiting for the deer or, I mean, you're waiting for whatever animal would come by. Let me rephrase that. There's a lot of different types of hunting. So a lot of the hunting I do is, is deer hunting. So, um, so you're always just sitting there in that one spot and waiting for the deer to walk by. So with fishing, you can move different spots. So you can be a little more active. And I mean, you can be as loud as you want and play music and chill and, you know, and, and observe nature. But I think fishing is, I like it a little bit more too. I mean, you're, you're on the water. I mean, I don't know a lot of people that don't like water, but the thing is about it as well is like, you know, you can be fishing and swimming at the same time, you know, as long as the weather's running nice. So, I mean, that's always a plus. Yeah. You know, when you're fishing, you never know when you, what's because when you're deer hunting, you're looking for a deer, you're going to shoot deer. Well, when you're fishing and you reel up that whatever is on the end of that line, I mean, it can be anything. It can be turtle, snake, fish, or, you know, <laughs> how bar. Many, uh, I mean, what kind of, you know, how many snakes? Anything. You don't many, know what it is. So it's always freaking, it's always a surprise. Well, I got to know how many snakes have you caught your years of fishing? On a, on a hook? None. Okay. Well, I've but seen the, a bunch when I've but been the fact is, I've seen a bunch when I've been fishing, but you make a very valid point though. It's still a possibility. I mean, it could happen. It just hasn't happened yeah. to you yet. Someone else, but you know, that's, yeah. for, that's, I've, seen it, I've seen it on video. That, that is also, you're, you know, I think you're saying stuff that obviously relates to the community of outdoors, kind of enthusiasts out in hiking, you know, hunting, fishing, whatever. And that is something that I liked about saltwater fishing so much too. Um, it's because there's so many times you can catch such a variety of species and there's an excitement, yeah. you know, if I'm fishing for spot tail, I might have a, you know, I have an opportunity to catch a toadfish or a, you know, trout or something. I mean, there, there, it just it's kind of exciting to see what it is. I mean, a shark we've, we've gone out there to fish for spot down, just hooked onto this massive shark. I mean, it's just completely not what was expected. Creates a great story. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I mean, if you're hunting a deer, deer right. comes out, that's all you're looking for, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can see anything, any other animal that comes out, you know, racking squirrels, turkeys, you know, you see whatever, but I mean, you're looking for that deer. That's yeah, what you're, you're going to get. It's, yeah. not like, it's not like you have a lion out there with bait. All right, deer bite it. Yeah. That's not going to happen. 
I mean, fishing is like anything can get on the end of that hook. And, and, at, the end, yeah. and at the end of the day, it you're could fighting. Be a higher, and that's it. I've uh, caught a fishing pole. I've actually caught a fishing pole. So you're right. It could be a tire. Actually, my wife caught two fish at once a couple of times. And so that was kind of cool too. And they were really yeah. great fish, but that was a really neat experience nonetheless. So going on with fishing, it kind of led, led into a question I did have. What is the biggest fish you ever caught? Tell us a story about that. What were you fishing for? Where are you fishing for it? Uh, which is a different species you were aiming for. Tell us where you were and all that stuff. The biggest fish I ever caught was a 30... 34 inch sea bass and it was out of the canal in New Hampshire. I think can't remember the name of the canal, but it's the only it's the only canal or inlet that goes in New Hampshire and, and you know saltwater. And we were there. It was my dad and his best friend Neil. Uh, Neil has the boat because you know I live in South Carolina. My dad's from New, New Hampshire, and you know his best friend still lives up there, which is actually. His, uh, his best man at his wedding, so it's kind of cool. But so we went over there for you know, family vacation, and we always see Neil. We went to these, I guess, so we're on this boat, and we go past, um, we go through the inlet or canal to begin with to go out to where these generators or something to underneath the water, in the in the water, in the salt water. I guess the generators are some kind of electric, electrical units or whatever they are. And we go out there to get bait fish, so he's got these, you know, long, long rigs with like, you know, six hooks on them with shiny little things on there. And all you do is jig with them and you catch the bait fish. I can't remember what bait fish we're going for, but so we caught, we didn't catch any because the, the, the um, swells were so much um, going so big that we couldn't actually jig properly or something like that. And then we're, oh, because the boat was moving too much that we were actually getting hooked on the generator and, and ripping our lines. So we're, we're trying to get live bait, but luckily Neil had some frozen bait. So he's like, well, let's go back and just see what we can do. So we went back to the canal and we're just um, kind of drifting. We you know, put the frozen bait out and just throw our lines out and let the current go up, you know, out to, out into the ocean with it. And we kind of drift with it. And then, you know, he started the boat, go back the other way and we drift and kept doing that. Well, there's like a whole bunch of people... Well, maybe not like a whole bunch, but probably about five on each side uh, on the banks where the canal is. And, you, you know, you see them all lined up there. And then all of a sudden, my my line just starts going and just starts screaming. And it's like, and, and I'm just holding on to it. And Neil, all right, so age-wise, I was probably about fifth or sixth grade, however old that's supposed to be. So I'm just holding on to this. To, to his pole reel and that reel is just screaming. Neil, Neil's the only just hold on, just hold on to it. And I'm on this 10 foot pole too. And that thing is bending like crazy. And it's like, it, it's a good pole, but you know, being 10 foot, it was kind of a lighter weight pole than his other, you know, shorter poles are. So, you know, it, it, it's a fight for just on that pole. Um, so anyway, so I'm just holding on. I'm just, he's like, just let it go. Just let it go. You know, just keep, keep your pull up and just let it go. Just let it go. I don't know. It's probably like 10 minutes. I'm reeling it in, trying to reel it in, reel it in. And we kind of see a little flash and all of a sudden it just goes, just takes off again. I'm like, son of a bitch. 
what's going on? I mean, I was like, this is probably, this is the most fight of a fight of fish I've ever had. And uh, he took off again, not as, not as far as the first time. So I'm reeling him in. And, you know, he stops, he stops going and kneeling down at me, reel, 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 reel. So I'm reeling, reeling, and we get, he gets up. Like, I mean, that was like the end of the fight, really, but it was about 30 minutes or so of a fight with him with that pole. And um, I get him in and they net him, pick him up. <clears throat> what was cool about it, I mean, he's longer, he's longer than the width of my chest. And he was like 34 or something inches. And what was cool about it, too, it's like if you go down his backbone, you go down the backbone, and then it went, it dropped past its, um, past the top fin, probably, you know, an inch or two past it, it would, his backbone would drop down. So like it was hit, you know, when it was younger or something, but we, I got pictures of it and everything. And that was like the coolest thing. I mean, I was the only fish we caught that day. It was awesome because everybody on the shore was like, you can tell they were probably pissed off at us because they can see us out there and we're the only ones catching anything. And, and then I get up with a picture, you know, I'm holding this big ass sea bass. But I just remember that, man. It was just a great time out there in the water. Yeah, man. That's um that's pretty cool. What'd y'all do with it? Did you start it back in? Did you eat it? What what happened? No, we kept it and ate it. We ate it that night. Nice. He grilled it, did some kind of something on the grill. I don't remember. Or his wife did, but um, no, we kept it. Nice. I love I love a good fight, man. It's always nice too to have them on a, a little bit a smaller rod, you know, than you're expecting. Yeah. That's what it, you know. You said earlier, exactly. It, you know, you go to fish something, so you have it. You know, the, this species, species A, and you have the rod for that species, and it's a it's a smaller species, so you don't need a, a, a big rod. And what do you catch on it? This, this unexpected bigger fish species that you yeah. that you didn't want, and so. And it yeah. does create a really good story, especially when you get it in. Yeah, it can also be frustrating when uh, when it doesn't work that way. But that's really cool. So, got to ask you, uh, going back to the outdoors a little bit here, kind of doing the hiking and camping area. If you could go on your dream camping trip, where would it be? What would it look like? Oh man, dream camping trip. Mm. I mean, and this camping trip could be a backpack, you know, for however long. I mean, it doesn't it just any kind of outdoorsy, like survivalish camping experience anywhere in the world, where would it be and what would it look like? What's the environment? I don't know, man. I always wanted to do a, a through hike. Through hike of where? I mean, I always wanted to just do the Appalachian just because I hiked it a lot. You know, I hiked it up in New Hampshire and camped up there in that area a lot when we were younger, elementary school. And then, you know, down here in South, South Carolina, well, not in South Carolina, but being down here, we'd go up to North Carolina and hike in there a little bit, but we didn't, you know, do a whole lot. And I just, I don't know, just the the thought of actually completing that task would be, I don't know, amazing, an amazing story just from, the, you know, the fight and will to actually do it that long, non, you know, from, you know, nonstop hiking all the way from, what Maine to Georgia would, I mean, that's to me crazy to think about in a way people do it, but I mean, it just, uh, it'd just be phenomenal. I, I don't know how to describe how it would feel to do it, but I think it'd just be a kind of like a bucket list. So you got, out of all these questions, you got a recurring theme. And I think that theme is one, uh, it's relatable to the audience here. It's relatable to the outdoor enthusiast. 
but you named it doing something like the Appalachian trail. is something I would love to do as well. Something about hiking it all the way through you became, or you are one of the few people that get to say they've done that. Um, you know, it's kind of being in that standing in that waterfall that most people don't get to see because they can't just drive their car there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of people that have driven from Georgia all the way up the East coast, whatever, but nobody's ever, you know, very few people have gotten the opportunity to walk it or even to commit that much time. All right, Jeff, I'm going to need you to actually take uh, a step back and use your imagination and go on this journey with me. There you are, Jeff. Uh, you're headed to your favorite, uh, your, your or it's not your favorite, but your dream camping experience. You're headed there. All of a sudden, something happens. You get whisked away, and you're thrown in the middle of the woods, and you're you know you're in a survival situation now. And whatever reason, you're able to grab three items before you get thrown into these woods. What are the three items you would you would grab to survive? And why did you select those three things? You don't know how long it's going to take you to get out. You don't know where you're at. You're just in the woods now. You're stuck by yourself, and you have opportunity to pick three items. And that's not including the clothes on my back. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and yeah, let's go. Let's go ahead and go over what we're assuming. We're assuming that you have clothes on your back. So that's like underwear, like a whether you know jeans or we'll say the temper. The temperature is mild. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, right. Um, you got some hype. It's still you were going on your your dream camping, so you're prepared with your, you know, your wool socks and all that stuff, right? You, yeah. You're able to have that. You're wearing it. Uh, your rest of your gear is not in a place where you can get it, but you get these three items. And so, what are those three items to pick? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, I'm just gonna go off the top of my head real quick, and not really think too much into it but i would probably have to go compass night well knife's already on me anyway does that count or no i didn't count it i was just counting basically right. where your clothes well i mean knife's always on me. in this one situation i mean you have your knife on your clothes so you're good oh so it's already on me then yeah, we'll go ahead and say that it's on you because uh, you just, I said three right. items, but you just happen to sneak, sneak a fourth one in. It's fine. Well, nice. It's always on me. <laughs> Anyways, so, all right, well, compass is one. I'd have to say something to start a fire. And then for the third one, thing, man, I don't really know. I guess something, my bladder. What's wrong with your bladder? You need a new one? Oh, you know, water bladder. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I thought you meant like your physical bladder. I was like, oh boy, it's a different, uh, different podcast. Yeah. So a bladder, interesting choice. I figured the two of them would be easy. And I thought the third one would be the hard one to figure out. And it was for me yeah. when I was answering the question, I was like, I can think of two. And then the third one felt like, well, I actually got to think about this one. Like, is it better to take this object or that object? So, cause you, you know, I think you're right. Fire is important. So that was one of them that I grabbed as well in my head. So those are the few questions I had for you uh, today. I'm sure I'll have plenty more time to ask you about why you do what you do in the woods. And uh, so it's about that time in the podcast as we start to wrap up today. You know, we had our beer in the beginning. We've talked about the outdoors. Now it's time to relax and enjoy the meat that's been on the grill. And so I've at this time, I have been asking you, uh, I've been drilling you with questions. I'm going to continue this trend and ask your, um, the meat related question for this next segment. Now, what 
is your favorite thing to cook on an open fire? And give us the recipe in your terms. How would you do it? And if I wanted to make it, what would I do? And how would I go about doing it? So it's just like a campfire where we just pull car up to, or are we talking about hiking just, into the woods? Let's, or are let's, we kind of like casual camping or, you know, we, we bring a cooler. It's up to you, man. It could be, um, ideally, I want you to be mo- uh, uh, motivated by w- one meat that you particularly had in a camping situation, backpacking or, you know, pull up or just in a cabin that you really enjoyed, but it was cooked over an open fire. I think the big keyword is open fire. It's got to be an open fire. What was it and how'd you make it? And let's, let's tell the audience. I mean, I, I just go with, you know, like a fire pit at my house. I like cooking out there sometimes. So I'm just going to go with that. Um, I think the best thing I ever cooked out there was a flank steak. Uh, right. It was just slab of meat. I didn't prepare it. I just put salt pepper on it on both sides. I put a stick of butter in a cast iron skillet, let it melt down a little bit and just threw it on there. And I flipped it a little bit here and there. And I, I, I you know, I like my steaks raw, so it didn't take long for it to go. And that's, I mean, that, that to me is just, a, it's, it's a simple man steak. Let me, uh, let me give my uh, good friend from Charleston, uh, Josh Nickerson, a little, little uh, shout out here. He would say for you, uh, you want it dead, but you want to be able to tell what it's thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's how you like her. So he used to say that when we get it yep. rare, he said, well, I want it dead, but I want to be able to tell what it was thinking <laughs> or what it's thinking. Yeah. So I always thought yeah, it was man. funny. It's always even funnier when you tell it to the Japanese steakhouse and they're like, Oh, a funny white boy, you know? <laughs> and um, anyway, so. Yeah, I like mine still moving. Yeah. <laughs> still moving between slices. <laughs> <laughs> in between bites um, but anyway so that wraps up this show it's been a pleasure it was great listening to some of your thoughts just kind of about things and you know it's always nice to get somebody else's perspective even though you know obviously you and i've done a lot of hiking together and we've done um, a lot of outdoor activities together but it's interesting enough and you learn the most about each other when you ask questions so this is kind of cool for sure do Well, that is the end of our first episode, and we hope you enjoyed it. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at The Tailblazers, where you can find behind-the-scenes look at our podcast, some sneak peeks of future shows, and videos of our adventures you can't see here. As always, if you have the chance, jump on the trail.